Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello, and welcome to Youth Hockey Podcast, Episode 11, Season 2. My goodness, we just keep on barreling along through the hockey landscape with uh, Lance Alexander and Coach Dave Ralston. Uh, today, I have to say, we've got some special things lined up. I do not have the bumper music for Coach Raleigh. I, I feel awful about this. I'm actually in Texas uh, because my son has a AAA tournament down here in Texas. So I am on a laptop and I don't have all of my cool bumper musics. And I'm sure that's going to disappoint some, but uh, I hope that you can forgive me and le- and just know that I'm a hockey dad on the road. Uh, can Lance, I, uh, can heard- I jump in? Yeah. Oh, please. I- um, even without the bumper music, I just want to, I want to make a brief dedication of this episode to yeah. the pro- professionalism of the, uh, the founder of this podcast. And that's you, Randy, because I, I want people uh, to know that we discussed this and, and Randy is not feeling he's, he's under the weather. He's on the road. And yet this podcast is being recorded. And, and would that, you accept that those, uh, would you accept those uh, conditions? Like if your son was under the weather, if he was on the road, you'd still expect a hat trick. Wouldn't you Lance? <laughs> I'm asking Lance Alexander in, in specific. Damn straight. That's what I thought. It. Okay. But I also, Randy, want to throw in there the fact that how impressive is the fact that Randy is in Dallas, Texas. Yes, Lance sir. is in, uh, Somerville, New Jersey, which is outside of Newark, and yes. uh, Dave is in Los Angeles, right? Is that where you're at yes, right now, Dave? Absolutely. We are all over, man. And then we're gonna maybe add a uh, a voice from Switzerland. This is gonna go international fast. Uh, yeah, I do have to inform the audience that the Swiss guy Lorenz, we're just gonna call him the Swiss guy for right now, uh, has gotten in touch with the podcast, and we are getting him on. I don't know how. I, I it's like 18 hours. Can it be more than 24 hours of difference, Lance? Is that possible? Well, in in the uh, podcast world, yes. Okay. It could be a 36-hour delay between us and and Switzerland, but we're getting him on. Absolutely. Uh, I I, I got an email from him. He wants to join the podcast. I want to know more about European hockey anyway, so we are definitely going there. But it'll probably be episode 013, 14, or even maybe 15, 16. I can't guarantee anyone yet. I have to reach out. We have to get schedules aligned, but we are definitely going to Switzerland with this whole thing. Fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lance, I've been told that you want to go negative. Now, the podcast doesn't usually (laughs) like to go negative. Uh, We like to stay positive. We like to stay upbeat. We like to keep everyone happy. But in this case, Lance Alexander came to me and said, Mr. Gifford, all I want to do is go negative. And I said, Lance, you're going to ruin your reputation. You're, You're Mr. Sunshine. And he said, no, I'm going negative. And I'm going to follow him by going negative too 
Now, everyone expects that from me, but Lance is going negative first. Lance, will you please start uh, with what you have what you have teed up for this uh, episode? Well, hey, I, I, you know me. I, I can take a negative and make it a positive, so we'll see how it works out. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to both of you guys about the fact that, you know, I was contemplating the last 10 years and noticed that there's that I've encountered two, two different types of parents and, you know, and I'll be, uh, I'll be honest, it's probably like a 50, 50 split though. The negatives have a really good way of disguising it as a positives. And you probably don't know unless you really dig deep under that first few layers that they have shown to the world. And that is uh, I've noticed how many parents who are on your team, you know, you're all, theoretically going towards the common goal of, of winning and, and developing the kids. And yet secretly they're rooting against your kid because somehow in their psyche, the better your kid does, the worse it makes their kid look, or it's going to take something away from them. And, um, but on the positive side, I had the fortune to meet several uh, really great parents along the way who you knew they were so genuine and they really cared um, about your kid and, and his success. Lance, and you kind of got off track here. You said you were going negative. I'm sorry. You've just, <laughs> you, you've dovetailed it. Is there a way we can get you back on the negative train? Because my, I'm going to like, I'm, my lead in is all about, oh man, that was really negative, Lance. Now let me continue. Uh, so well, let me if ask you don't you, mind, so give me what the, you promised. Here's the negative for you. Is, is, that, is, is that person justified? Do, does the fact that your son, Randy, has got the limelight and being tremendously successful, is that a detriment to my kid? Is that, uh, uh, is that I guess that's the question. Is, is this person valid in being negative and, and secretly hoping that your kid falls flat on his face so that his kid can get the limelight? You know, is that person, is your success making that person less successful? Well, I'm going to throw that to the coach. Uh, coach, what do you think? <laughs> oh, come on. No, I, I mean, it, it, that's just, that's just a, a, a crappy person, right? I mean, well, look, you know, uh, don't you kind of feel like in general that you're rooting for all of your, all of the former teammates, the kids that you know, your, your kid played with? I mean, I, that, that's how I feel about it. Uh, what, you know, that if, if you're rooting against kids on your own team, then there's, there's something wrong with you. Like you have, you know, you have a personality defect that you need to, to look at long and hard. Well, this is based on uh, also though, this is based on what Lance says. He believes they're thinking, you know, I mean, at, at the very high levels and, and I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, we're talking, I mean, when we're talking Lance, we're talking Shattuck, we're talking very high level competition. He might have an experience where that's the norm and, and we just don't know it because we've been on teams that aren't quite as, I don't know, uh, cutthroat or, or whatever. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make it sound nicey nice uh, or anything like that. I'm just saying there may be a difference between, we might be talking uh, past each other, uh, two different topics, uh, but I don't know. Lance, what do you think? Well, what I think is, Dave, is that, okay, my kids, are, I have one kid who's a forward and one's a D. So obviously on the, the team, 
where my son's a defenseman, I love all the forwards, right? Yeah, but my son needs to be the number one D-man out there, you know, and don't be showing him up out on the ice. And then the same for my son who's the forward, right? All the forwards got to take a back seat to him. And the defenseman and the goalies, we love them. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's a good I, I point mean, too. I mean, this is this is yeah. basically we're caught we're you know, it's it's just we're talking about envy. It's a basic human emotion. It it's it's understandable to feel one like of the seven the, deadly sins, I believe, Dave. Yeah. Well, if if your kid it, yeah, was it was part of seven too, the movie, right? But but anyway, um once your kid yes, is that, uh, that would be one of the seven deadly sins. You know, by the way, Dave, I'll, after you finish your thought, you I think you hit the nail on the head. And I'll tell you after you finish your thought there. Yeah. I, I was just going to say if, if um, you know, it's, it's understandable that you might be looking at the opportunities that other kids are getting and saying, um, wow, you know, uh, my kid's just not getting the opportunities. It'd really be great. And here's another kid and he's getting those opportunities. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's understandable that you might feel that way. Um, but a lot of times, uh, you know, it's, well, then if, if you're, but it, when it gets to the point that you're looking at another kid and wishing them lack of success, then, then you've gone too far there. And, and a lot of times it's just, it's a misplaced, you know, because uh, who you're really mad at is the coach is not seeing, you know, that your kid is, is got the, the same capability or the coach is not finding a way to give your kid uh, a, a certain degree of opportunity. Can I jump in here with something that might color it a little bit, Dave? Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, there was a kid on the Shattuck team, uh, I remember, hearing uh, that his parents <clears throat> walked into the office of the coach with a checkbook, and they walked out with uh, their kid on the first line. Now, correct me if I'm wrong there, uh, uh, Lance. Did, wasn't there something to that effect uh, while you were there? Well, I was there. There were definitely stories. I don't know that I can confirm or deny. No, and by the way, we all, uh, I, by the way, I'm not putting Lance on, I'm not saying, oh, Lance, tell us the salacious stuff. I'm just saying in a, in a hockey world, such things have been reported. And I believe such things happen. Uh, There are times when it's a little unfair that your kid is not getting the opportunities that he's supposed to get. And so that might create that kind of tension where envy takes floods in because there are so many other elements that are not fair that you begin to get a little angry at the, at the people who are, who are not doing what they should. Right. And you know what, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be very forthright about it. I, you know, when we were there, there were certain situations where, you know, being, truly, uh, you know, being truly honest, I didn't understand the situation. Uh, You know, I didn't understand how, uh, you know, how that team was being put together by the coach. Uh, And those were the, I don't know if you want to call them excuses, the jealousy, whatever, but that's, like you said, parents talk, you know, and, you know, we're like, gee, how did Johnny become the first line power play, first line penalty kill, first line this and that? Um, and just purely from an objective skill standpoint. And, and like I said, I, I personally was told, well, you know, people who, uh, you know, people who are, are basically contributing, I'll say, to the school uh, more than others get special allowances because, you know, it's a business. 
and the business is to, you know, I mean, to keep kids in there to get the money so that you can go out and get the best players at the, at the highest levels uh, of the teams that were there. So, right. so like this I is said, sort of the, the old boy network or, uh, you know, legacies and all, there's all sorts of things that go into these type of things. Right. So, so in that way, hockey is no, in no way different than, than any other area of, of uh, American life, really. Right. Exactly. The capitalist you know? society, a capitalist system and um, their money has a way of, uh, you know, getting involved into anything. But I, 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 you know, I want to, I want to say, um, I, I, I know a lot of coaches, and I don't think that money is as big of a, a factor in a lot of these decisions. I think a lot of times it comes down to, but, but it does come down to the fact that coaches are human beings, and one coach sees a kid in a certain way. And another coach sees a kid in another way. And sometimes it's very difficult for those coaches to look, you know, to look at a kid if they, you know, well, yeah, what's the right way to say it? You know, here, here's the thing. It's, it's, these are human foibles that um, coaches need to, um, you know, realize about themselves is that they are fallible and it's completely possible that, uh, and, and there's, there's a real trap there, which is, I think there's a trap that if a coach looks at a particular kid and sees something that they don't like, and you know, it, that, that's a, that's a problem because then at that point, that coach has a hard time ever seeing that kid any differently. And when they watch them, what they see are the things that they didn't like or the mistakes that they think the kid makes. And that's all they ever see. And they don't, and that it, they, it's hard for them to then ever change their opinion about that kid. I think it's very difficult if you've been judged as a kid by a coach as being very deficient, then to have that coach see you differently. Um, right. And, and, and you, you know, look, Dave, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to jump in there and say too, um, like you said, I mean, I, I, I will be the first to admit, I think it's very easy for us parents to want to, find excuses like that because at the end of the day i think you're right i mean every single one of these coaches especially at a shattuck or at a at a university or some of these high profile teams you know i mean their success is driven by winning games so i like you said in my heart i would find it hard to believe that they're making financial decisions at the detriment of of the success of the team and i think it's just uh i think it's just an excuse that that we use Maybe I use other people use because we don't want maybe to hear the truth of maybe your kid just isn't performing at the level he should be and that you think he is. And, and that especially is true um, as, as they get a little bit older, but even at the younger ages, you know, I mean, when my kids were playing peewees and maybe they weren't getting the opportunities I felt they deserved. I'm not on the ice with the coach. I'm not in the locker room. You know, I'm not on the bench. You know, so how do I judge and say, look, maybe, you know, how do I know if my kid's just not paying attention or my kid is being instructed to do things a certain way and he's just not doing it? I don't right. know, you know, so the no, coach it, may you, have a hundred yeah, Absolutely. Reasons. Yeah, yeah you, you don't, you don't know that that's, that's a thing as a parent, you really don't know what the internal dynamics are. Uh, you know, you, you can get your, you can talk to your kid about it and, 
try and tease it out of them about what they're experiencing. Right. Sometimes you can see things that are, you right. know, that and that just even like watching practice these stuff. places. It's I think it's just easy. It's the easy way out for us parents to blame other circumstances then maybe face the harsh reality of, of what may be happening uh, in front of us, you know, but the other thing I wanted to mention too, is that you did, you, I think you summed it up perfectly before in the fact that like, I don't feel like I've ever rooted against any kid and certainly not a kid on, on our team. Uh, but you use the right word, which I think is just like, that comes from like, maybe this kid's getting more opportunities and that's the jealousy. I think I have been guilty of being jealous uh, of all the accolades, you know, player B is getting that my son isn't getting. But like I said, but even with all those accolades and all that attention, I, I don't know that I would ever go so far as to like root for failure of that kid, especially too, after doing it for so long, you know, I think parents need to realize, and I've seen this firsthand with other teams that we know, um, you know, for my son to be the best player, like when he played on the Ducks last year, for my son to be the best player on the Ducks and shine and all the spotlights are on him, you know, that that could be nice. But if he were to take a back seat and it be a group effort and they go out and win a national championship, it means a hundred times more because over and over again, I see incredible players who are on just very poor teams and teams that go nowhere and they never get seen, you know, or it's, it's much more difficult road for them to progress up that ladder versus I saw, you know, my son had six or seven friends that he knew for a while who were on the national championship, 16 triple a uh, team. I think it was, Bell Tire at the time, or CompuWare, one of those teams, they won the national championship. And you know, they half those kids got D1 scholarships, uh, commitments after that championship year. Right. You know, and and I guarantee you, most of those kids at the end of the 16U run would not have gotten those offers if it wasn't for the fact that they went all the way, and then they won a championships. You know, so so being a role player on a championship team, I think, means a lot more than being the number one guy on a shitty team. You know, well, I you know I would even go a step further further with this, which is to say that you know what's great about hockey is it, it is a team sport. Uh, there's plenty of individual sports people can do. Um, when you're watching great hockey, it's it's not because you're seeing your kid you know, go end to end that, I mean, that's cool. That's great. And I hope everybody experiences that where their kid excels and, you know, dominates individually and, you know, puck hogs and, you know, has, has great games. And, but that's not the beauty of hockey when it's really played well. And anybody that ever plays it, I'm sure can tell you about the times when they played on a great line and a great team and had great shifts with their teammates and uh yeah sure you remember maybe individual things but more than that that feeling of hockey like there's nothing like the feeling of playing with uh other players on your team and making plays and having you know that that uh chemistry and and uh, everybody executing their skills at a high level it's it's an amazing thing to experience and you would you, you say just, that it's a little bit similar to running a 
a, a podcast that has just a, a well-oiled and constantly uh, moving parts uh, to it that, that like this? No, uh, sadly, not even close, but <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Oh, I just got no, shut down at the blue line. No, it's like any team sport when you, you know, you execute things together and, uh, you know, that's, that's the, what's great about hockey, I think. Yeah, you know, I like the fact that I, I equate our team to like the Los Angeles Lakers. Randy is kind of the Magic Johnson who's feeding the ball to uh, uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know? <laughs> awesome. Randy? I, I would rather be Shaq. Uh, I've got to tell you, in my own mind, I'd rather be like really big and round and uh, not take the world too seriously. Um, if I were going to be a Laker, um, so Randy, you said what that a great, we should do a whole thing on Shaq. There you go. go ahead. I was going to say, Randy said that he was going to take my negativity and then up the ante even more. Oh yeah. No, I'm ready to go with it. I'm ready to run with it. Lance. Thank I you want for to reminding me. Yes. yes. Um, my negative. Uh, okay. It, it is not necessarily uh, a negative uh, of you on the sport. It is a negative that I've seen uh, passed on to children uh, in this lovely sport that I think um, maybe if you see it uh, in your own you know, backyard, you can say. Because at the time, I didn't know whether or not it was good or bad. And I've now uh, have enough as evidence where I think it is bad. And let me lay out what I'm talking about. <clears throat> there were kids uh, along, the, along the road um, when my kids were playing, uh, and they still are, of course, but I don't see it as much once you get up to the upper levels. Uh, I, there were kids that were told by their parents that they were going to the NHL. Let me repeat that. There were children that were told by their parents that they were headed to the NHL. Now, I'm not saying that playing hockey does not start you on a journey towards the NHL. Absolutely, it does. I'm not saying that the kids did not have talent. Absolutely, they did. But I will tell you, pretty much down to a man, all of these kids that were told in their peewee and squirt and <clears throat> even bantam years that they were going to go to the NHL, they all stopped playing. And I believe that comes from the fact that the kids felt like it was they were entitled to something. The minute they were told, oh, yeah, this is going to happen, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, dad says it's going to happen. Oh, that, that's cool. But then they got to the point where they had to meet the challenge themselves. Not that dad wasn't doing anything at a certain point. They, he wasn't doing the ladders. He wasn't spending the extra time in the garage. He wasn't doing all those things that obviously it takes to become um, a greater or a better player, uh, especially when you get to the high end of AAA players. And so these kids, I believe, are being undercut in their aspirations by being told they're going to do something as lofty as make it into a professional uh, sport. I, and by the way, I don't, I don't think it's just hockey. I think if you told a kid that he's going to be a, a NBA player when he's nine, I believe if you tell, you know, that they're going to be a, 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 a MLB a major league baseball player when they're 10, you know, I think what I've seen, and I, I think you know some of these people. At the Bears, I saw two kids that were told they were going to be going to the NHL, both dropped out of hockey. Uh, at the Flyers, I saw a kid who, and Dave and I were just talking about 
him the last time we talked. And I don't mean to, again, this isn't bagging on the kid. I believe it is a real flaw in the messaging. You don't tell a kid that they're going to be Albert Einstein. If, okay, let's say a kid's really smart. You don't say, oh yeah, you're going to reshape physics when they're 10. Because what it does is it gives them the feeling like, oh, well, that's probably easy. So I'll just reshape physics when I get there. And then they get there and they find out that they really had to work a lot harder at physics in order to you know, get the golden reshaping of the way we look at the physical world and put it out there to uh, an awaiting public. Uh, does any of this make sense? And it isn't as negative as you thought, Lance, as you can see, but it is kind of negative on a certain parent whose messaging I believe is a bit flawed. Uh, gentlemen, please let me know how wrong I am. Oh, Randy, you were so wrong. So no, <laughs> I, you know what? It, 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 it's interesting, Randy, because I don't know that uh, I'm kind of in the middle there. Because you know, when when my kids were younger, I, I you know, I mean, I, I don't think I would ever have told them, "Look, you guys are going to play in the NHL. Just keep up the good work." But I certainly encourage them to follow their dreams and said, look, if that's your dream, then uh, go for it, you know? And, uh, you know, and I've had this conversation, Randy probably knows, with, with my one son all the time, which is like, look, A, you got to do what you love. And so if you think you want to be in the NHL, you better love this more than, than anything else in your life. Uh, because that's the commitment it takes. But number two, the one message I've always wanted to give the boys was, look, whatever you do, I just don't want you to look back, you know, 20 years from now saying, you know, I should have, I would have, I could have, you know, don't have any regrets, you know, and uh, whatever decision you make, you know, I mean, I thought in my youth, I was a really good baseball player, but you know, I told myself early on, there's no way I have the commitment that would be needed to take it very far. And so, uh, you know, I discovered other things I love more, like girls. That was probably at the top of my list. <laughs> and the girls <laughs> loved you, too. That's what I've heard, Lance. The girls I can only you. hope. Lance is like a six foot two, mm, uh, very well preserved uh, uh, uh older man so the people out there listening if you want to see a picture of lance i urge you to go find it <laughs> he's got the salt and pepper hair going he does, and, uh, he does. the man really knows how to bring it look yeah yeah, yeah. well no. i wouldn't say i look like shrek i think i look more like poe kind of a lovable <laughs> panda bear how's well, that uh, all of us all of us have enjoyed being around you lance because you have such inner charisma and outer beauty um, I think perhaps <laughs> let me let me uh, explain throw, myself me as much. Throw in. I don't think it's wrong to tell people that you know follow your dream. Um, I think it's wrong to tell people to insert your dream over them before they have any idea of what it takes to earn the dream you're talking about. So yeah, I'm yeah, not I, saying I agree. Not saying, you. oh, Lance, don't tell your kids that they could maybe be in the NHL someday. I think that's absolutely fine. Oh my God, someday you could be. Nothing wrong with that messaging. What I don't think is helpful is you are definitely on, you know, you are going. And that's when I think it, it just undercut. Or, I don't know. Uh, Raleigh, what do you think? Yeah. 
<clears throat> no, I, I get your, I get your point that being in the NHL is, uh, is, is the dream of the player. If that's their dream, don't discourage it. But uh, to your point, especially with young kids, uh, there's a lot of people with just sort, sort of delusional ideas about things, uh, you know, and about their kids, I guess. I, I mean, isn't that what it, you know, kind of comes down to where somebody's telling your kid, you're going to be this or you're going to be that. Um, I did want to kind of, I did want to say somewhat flippantly, with that said, it, it's, it's definitely true for some people. I mean, uh, people named Crosby and McDavid probably told their kids that when they were peewees that you're going to be in the NHL and they were, they were right. But, um, but, you know, aside from that, making a bad joke, it's, uh, um, you know, getting, getting to higher levels of hockey, it's, it's the players that are going to do it. Um, It doesn't, you you know, you can't, you can't wish your kid to, to have the, the desire to put in the time and effort to be something if they don't want that themselves. For sure. Right. And you know what, Dave, here's here's the issue that I see. You know, I don't see, Randy, the issue being so much that parents are convincing their kids that they're going to be in the NHL or they're going to be in the NBA or whatever. Here's the issue I have. And and you could you could probably name uh, dozens of people yourself, Randy. But the issue that that is really prevalent out there is that it's mom or dad's dream that you be in the NHL. I mean, how many kids do we know, Randy, who just didn't want to be there? And they were being dragged there because it was dad living vicariously through his kids, you know? And I would tell parents, be careful. You know, is this your dream or their dream? Because I'll tell you, we talked about this, I think, last season of the podcast. We did. I never once had to tell my kid to go practice I've never once had to tell him to go out and shoot pucks and stick handle all that stuff he did on his own. And well, Lance, I think drive. you're absolutely right. I mean, that that's a great way to put it, which is, you know, like don't, don't make your dream, your kid's dream. And, and that's, uh, that's probably the nicer way to look at it. Um, uh, and get back to your point. I think Sidney Crosby's dad more likely said, Oh yeah. Like you're going to make it in the NHL. I bet you, more to the point that that kid was driven to make his father eat his words than rather, I mean, I have a kid and I, this is what drives him to make me look stupid. If he can do that, if he can make me wrong, he will absolutely hit the floor running through a wall. If he could do that. Well, whatever, whatever works, you know, I would tell (laughs) Randy, by the way, uh, because Sidney Crosby is ex-shattic. I can tell Randy the story of Sidney Crosby that kind of uh, contradicts that. But I know, I, I hear what you're saying, because I would guarantee... I'd love to hear it, please. Um, but but I, I agree with you. I think for a lot of the kids out there, um, you know, they probably are doing it just to prove the world, to prove the world wrong, you know? And, and well, everybody, the other thing including is the their boom- parents... The boomerang that happens with this is that um, it's got, you know, boy, that, that's an unhappy day to wake up to if you're that parent that, you know, had this dream where you had a dream for your kid and you were, you pushed them their whole life and they get to be like 17. And, and 
I've, I actually knew some people like this that were like 17, 18, and they were really, really good at the sport at that point and said, you know what? I don't really care about this sport. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm quitting. I mean, I literally knew guys that were incredible hockey players that quit. So they decided at some point, like, I just, this isn't what I want to do with, with my time. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be at the, uh, at the party sitting around the keg, or I'd rather be over at my girlfriend's house or, uh, or whatever, you know? So if you're, you know, like you gotta realize like it's, it's their life, not yours. And, uh, if, if that's, there's going to be, you know, a day potentially where the kid goes, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do. I want to do something else. And, uh, you know, that, I think that's more likely to happen if you've been pushing or at least your, your acceptance of, of how, how much of a tragedy that you might feel that might be is going to be a lot less, you know, if your head's on correctly and you haven't been pushing the kid the whole time. Right. So by the way, Randy, so really quick, the Sidney Crosby story, uh, and how he ended up at, at, uh, Shattuck was, now, I'm not sure. I'm sure Dave knows. But, Randy, do you know about exceptional status or no? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, Sidney Crosby. But you should parents, explain it because a lot of people probably okay. don't know. So, in the Canadian Hockey League, which especially in the past, uh, many years ago, that was the elite league that basically um, uh, funneled the players all to the NHL. You know, the U.S., probably got a fraction of the players that were coming out of the Canadian league. If you made it to the Canadian hockey league, you were, um, uh, you were already 90% to the NHL. So anyway, uh, the Canadian hockey leagues, uh, have what they call exceptional status, which is you could file with them because the league starts at the junior league starts at 16. So if you're that great if you're that exceptional you can file with the canadian hockey league and tell them that they need to admit your kid early because he just uh can't compete at the kids his age because he's just that good and it's just that dominating and so and many a kid has been granted that and who obviously moved on to the nhl but one kid who applied uh when he was 15 years old with Sidney crosby and he was denied actually. And so uh, his dad didn't want him competing, you know, at a, at a U15 level, because I guess the thought was he was going to go out and score four or 500 goals. And it just was going to not be a development year for him. So he ended up at Shattuck. And of course uh, he was extremely successful there and he played on their 18 team um, as a 15 year old, which is pretty darn rare. So he played there for that one year and then was off to, to juniors and the NHL and, and on and on. So anyway, so I would assume his parents probably told him at a young age, you're going to be an NHL or so. Yeah. I think um, uh, people yeah, are coming Lance, to them. Uh, Lance, <laughs> uh, you might be right. Uh, Raleigh, you might be right. I'm still sticking by my guns though. I'm telling you they didn't. In fact, I'm going <laughs> to Sidney Crosby on the line. Just a second. Let me see what he says. No, Sydney just told me that his dad told him he was a loser. A loser? No, not a loser. I'm wrong. <laughs> Sydney told me it's a French word, losier, which means an excellent shooter. Uh, so I'm so sorry, uh, Sydney. Uh, l- let me just get off uh, this podcast, and then we'll we'll discuss. You know, 
maybe having a beer or something like that. So anyway, um, Lance, thanks for thanks for reconnecting me with Sidney Crosby. That was very kind of you. I'd forgotten that I even had him in my Rolodex. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, that no, was very nice of you. Very nice of both, both you and Ralston ganging up on me, telling me how I'm wrong with my point. When when <laughs> no, I consistently back you guys up, no matter how stupid what you say is. By the way, Randy, you should probably clarify for the audience, the yeah. Sid Crosby you're referring to, isn't that your plumber? <laughs> yeah, Sid Crosby, drains, chains, and automobile, uh, like, <laughs> sorry, what would it be? Uh, uh, automatic transmission rebuilds. Yeah, yeah, that was who I was talking to. That is funny. Anyway, uh, gentlemen, I think uh, we have reached the time where uh, we are at an end to the podcast uh, uh, 11. Is there anything you'd like to say to sum this up or wrap it up? Uh, I know we didn't get to uh, Dave's uh, uh, coach's corner, but we will in episode 12. And uh, and that's something that everyone should mark their calendar for because Dave is going to be talking about skate sharpening. And I don't think that you guys, I think everyone should basically be sitting there by the computer when that podcast drops because it's going to be hot. It's going to be really the the tool that you need <laughs> to make everything building, in your life right. Building up something for Randy. I think down. Randy should yes. sign us off with some clever Swedish saying. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, it, it's, it's also uh, the, what was it, Loser, which is uh, Swedish for uh, no Swiss. Oh my God, Swedish. How could you m- make that mistake? Because I I jumped right on board. Oh, we have a Swiss fan, gentlemen. You understand that Switzerland and Sweden are not the same. Are we all on, on board? God, they both start with SWs, though. Yeah, and in America, <laughs> honest to God, is not, not the enough. same country. It, I mean, honestly, yeah, no, believe me. I, if you were to ask 99% of Americans, you know, like if it has an S and a W, can it be the same country or could it be two different ones? They'd be like, no, nah, it must be the same country. How could I forget? It's my favorite cheese in the world. There you go. There you go. Uh, so, uh, uh, rather than do some corny bit, I'm just going to thank all of you for listening and remind all of you to go to the youth hockey podcast at Gmail. If you have questions, comments, or you just want to root on our Switzerland, our, our Swiss, uh, um, uh, listener, uh, and give us a question for him. I mean, if anybody has those, uh, I'd love, I'd love it. I don't know what to ask him. Lance, do you know what to ask him? I don't know what to ask him. Raleigh? Other than how's the cheese? Well, we we did say we're going to have to really brainstorm and make sure we have some good questions. Yeah, we're going to have to bring our A game, gentlemen. It's not not like what we usually do. We're really going to have to step up. So uh, thank you all for listening. And I will we will be uh, seeing you next week uh, and hopefully in two weeks with with a Swiss counterpart. Uh, Thank you all. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.